With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation-free radical exposure are of particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. NT Factor's Breakthrough Lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to ntfactor.com, that's ntfactor.com, or call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to answer your questions, and questions keep on coming to questions at drhoffman.net. We're pleased to have a mailbag full of your emailed questions. I'm with Layla Mutin, who's our resident nutritionist. Together, we answer your questions every week. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? Very well, thank you. And before we get to questions... Um, these days, uh, I occupy an office with a bunch of other doctors. Uh, there's uh, a mm-hmm. cosmetic surgeon, there's dermatologists, there's... Estheticians. 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 And there is a neurologist. Hmm. And so I, I just was passing by uh, the neurologist's office, and uh, I, I leaned my head in, because I, I knew he'd just been on vacation, he just got married, and I leaned in to uh, you know, congratulate him uh-huh. and ask him about his uh, honeymoon. Uh, and then he said, he said to me, hey, you know, you, you, you kind of do a lot of stuff with diet, right? And I go, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm kind of a big deal, you know, uh-huh. like uh, Ron Burgundy in, in Anchorman, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the famous line from that movie. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's my thing. And, mm-hmm. You know, so he says, yeah, he says, um, I just read a study that suggests that dairy accelerates the risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So he says, I'm cutting out dairy. Huh? And I said, you know, my initial reaction was, I'm not sure I saw that study because I've been really following the dairy story. You know, like sure. dairy is good, dairy is bad. You know, it's like yeah. and back and forth. And, and of course, the standing recommendation is to reduce the high fat dairy. Yes. Right. And substitute oh. low fat dairy. Which is unfortunate. So it doesn't clog your arteries, that whole thing. Oh, boy. But uh, so I said, you know, look, I would be aware of studies because uh, epidemiologic studies are famous for having sometimes diametrically opposed conclusions. You know, one sure. year it's this, the next year it's exactly the opposite mm-hmm. when it comes to a certain food. Yeah. And uh, it's very hard to sort out other uh, variables like. Is it that people who consume a lot of dairy also consume a lot of 
other bad stuff. Maybe they don't exercise as much. Maybe they're or, having a milkshake. Yeah, right. Or, you know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they're having like Velveeta cheese. Exactly. You know, like. Instead uh, of some goat's milk yogurt. Erzatz cheese that is a, like a cheesy product. Exactly. Cheese really, whiz. Yeah. Yeah. Cheese whiz. Velveeta. <laughs> right. Processed uh, cheese food. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I did a little, uh, I kind of reviewed the uh, literature on that. And first of all, just mention that uh, this uh, there's been a lot of press about what's called the Pure Study. Mm -hmm. And the Pure Study, uh, the headlines have been as follows. Let me see if I can see this. Red meat and cheese. Here's the headline. Red meat and cheese not necessarily linked to life expectancy. Men's Journal. Ah. Okay. So uh, this is one way of reporting it. Uh, another way of reporting it is that uh, this new pure study exonerates high-fat dairy, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's, okay, well, actually when it comes to overall mortality and cardiovascular disease. Um, it's, so it's, it, there's a, there are other headlines that I've come across, but basically the take on that is that uh, it's the Mediterranean diet modified with moderate consumption of, of red meat is okay, and uh, also, even high-fat dairy. High-fat dairy is uh, sort of uh, exonerated, according to this new PURE trial. Okay, when it comes to, uh, let's see, this is study, definitive study, the latest, because there is no such thing as settled science. Right? No, never. Never, never. Never. I don't, even in nutrition. It's always it's like, evolving. Right? Yeah. So this study is called the QPO Ischemic Heart Disease Risk Factors Study. Uh, QPO, I think, is from Finland, where they actually do a lot of um, good nutrition research. Mm -hmm. Small country, they kind of, um, they kind of um, uh, uh, fight over their weight uh, when it comes to quality nutrition studies, mm -hmm. possibly because they had a high, there was a country that had a, a very high risk of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And so they they paid attention. Mm -hmm. um, so it's associations of dairy, meat, and fish intakes with risk associations of dairy, meat, and fish intakes with the risk of incident dementia and with cognitive performance. It's, so it's a wordy way of saying, do any of these food groups uh, associate with a higher risk Mm -hmm. of uh, disease. And let's take a look at what the study says. Um, okay, so yeah, these these guys are Finns because they've got names like Jukka Solomon and Tommy Pekka-Tumanen and Jirki Virtanen in the European Journal of Nutrition. Okay, um, so what they found 22 years they studied these folks, uh, and in that 22 years, uh, the men in the study, 337 of them developed dementia. Among the foods, only cheese was associated with dementia risk, hmm. but it was protective. Ah. Yeah. Higher fish intake was associated with better verbal memory, and... Uh, among the ApoE4 carriers, these are people very prone to disease. Yes, ApoE4 uh, with dementia, Especially right? non-fermented dairy intake, that would be milk, Yeah, was associated with a higher risk of dementia. 
and higher fish indicated better cognitive performance in these ApoE4 carriers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, I, I sent this to the neurologist, and the neurologist says, okay, I think I'm going to put less milk in my latte. <laughs> but he said, thanks, because I really like cheese. Uh -huh. So I kind of, you know, saved him from a cheese deprivation right. withdrawal. Uh -huh. So look, I mean, these studies, uh, actually the studies were only showed very slight correlations one way or the other. Uh, they use something called statistical significance. Statistical significance yeah. means that an association could be by accident, and it has to be mathematically more likely than coincidence yes. that it's there. Right. That's what statistical... And then per a particular confidence yes. interval, like uh, yeah. 0.5 or... Yes, yeah, yes. Five. Uh, so that's hmm. the latest study on this. And okay, so what do they say? Why should cheese be protective? Well, let's think about what cheese is. I mean, first of all, it's a lot of saturated fat. Yes. Which apparently is not harmful. No. Because the PURE study says it's not harmful for cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. And the... So there's a benefit. Now, yeah. what would they benefit from? They theorize that there are short-chain fatty acids in fermented uh, dairy. Dairy. Okay. Yeah. That might have a gut-brain oh, connection. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right? They might short -chain foster fatty a acids beneficial there. microbiome. Right. Uh, or they may have a direct effect on the brain in yeah. some way. Yeah. Uh, Dairy fat also has, uh, I believe, it's a it's a naturally occurring trans fat, transvicinic acid, okay. which is like the precursor yes. to it's conjugated a good trans fat. Yes, good trans it's a good trans fat. It's a CLA. It's a CLA. It's 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 a precursor to CLA. Conjugated linoleic acid, which is protective against things like cancer. Yeah. Okay. So, and cheese for the benefit of lack of lactose. It's not right. like drinking a glass of right. milk. So there's a definite lack of right. sugar in there, right. which is beneficial yeah. all around. So it may have a satiating effect, yes. reducing the need for carbohydrates, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, what vitamin is associated with cheese? Oh, cal well, mineral, calcium. But right? what vitamin? Vitamin, maybe uh, vitamin A. No, K. Of, oh, vitamin K, in, that's in, right. Yeah. Meat and cheese Aged for K2. Cheese. Yeah, right, yeah. right, K2. right, 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 right. So that may be a circulatory yeah. enhancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so everybody exactly yeah. exactly so so they, but they don't know why they don't mm -hmm. know exactly why, but that's kind of the latest thing. Uh, on fish, they say uh, fish has the benefit of the omega threes, but it also has choline, yeah, which could be good for the brain, yeah. But uh, there wasn't much of an advantage, slight advantage, which with fish for dementia. Mm -hmm. But in the group most prone to dementia, there was an advantage, the ApoE4 yeah. folks. Coming back to when you were speaking about a modified Mediterranean diet, there's no such thing as low-fat dairy in a true Mediterranean diet. Right. There's no such thing. There is no lack of red meat right. in a Mediterranean diet. Right. A Mediterranean diet is about 40% fat. That is in no way, shape, or form a low-fat diet. Lots of olive oil. Yes. Right. And there's lots of fatty fish, and there's a, there's red meat there, too, and poultry. Yeah. And they're not all the, the, the skinless, boneless, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's a lamb and lamb chop. It's yeah. a lamb chop, for yeah. crying out loud, yeah. right? Yeah. It's that kind of a thing. So this, this is what we're talking about. It's It's been bastardized here right. as saying choose low-fat dairy, choose a Mediterranean. It's not Mediterranean style if you're choosing low-fat anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that's what we're it's, talking it's, about. Maybe the Mediterranean Diet is a little bit of an invention of uh, modern nutritionists. Yeah. The idealized Mediterranean low-fat mm-hmm. diet. Right. 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 Yeah. So. So, okay. So, good. I mean, good stuff because yeah. it's a little hallway conversation, but it sheds some light on an uh-huh. issue that I think is pertinent for our, our listeners. Oh, and by the way, you know, I got to say, dairy does have some disadvantages. Some people sure. are very, got a lot of, I, I find that certain times of the year, I'm really going to cut back on dairy, especially if I swim a lot because it creates a lot of nasal congestion. Uh, it is, for me, cutting back on dairy. Yeah helps reduce my congestion. Absolutely. Yeah. And for those people, you know, but I, but it, that the congestion, the mucus and phlegm caused by dairy Not is, little, is little to do with allergy. Yeah. It simply causes phlegm and mucus. Okay. It just does. Yeah. For some allergic people, it may even be more pronounced. Yeah. True. Because yeah. your body's trying to shed stuff, yeah. creating all that phlegm and mucus and yeah. everything else. So, yeah, dairy can be a problem. Dairy yeah. is, uh, you know, yeah, problematic for all kinds of inflammation. There's a lot of IGF-1 insulin-like growth factor, mm-hmm. one. But we're talking about, you know, pe- there was also a study. So, those a, who tr- so wait, that might yeah. be pertinent to prostate cancer. Yes. I'm thinking maybe there was a caution on hormonal cancers with dairy. Yeah. Because of the IGF-1 potentiation right. Right. in prostate cancer, breast cancer. And yeah. Certain- and insulin is intimately associated with cancers. Also, there was an older study. The, the people who drank more milk had more osteoporosis. Could be all that sugar in the milk. They spoke specifically about glasses of milk. Oh. Not eating cheese, not right. eating yogurt. So there may be some association with the lactose. Why do they the consider then a lactose intolerance to be a risk factor for osteoporosis? They do. They do some. You know, it's a question that's asked among women. It's, oh, you don't drink milk yeah. or you, did, you couldn't drink milk. Yeah. Maybe that's why you don't have good bones. It's still all about add, throwing calcium at yeah. the problem. Yeah. And that's not it. Yeah. We don't make the house stronger by adding more shingles. Right. That's not, and everybody has pretty much a normal calcium level on a metabolic panel. Right. Why do we keep throwing calcium at yeah. these folks? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's if people consume no dairy, their their blood calcium is going to be the same. It's going to be the same. Yeah. They're getting it from broccoli, from dark green leafies, from spinach uh, and kale and it's, things. It's They're highly getting it regulated. From, it's from, you, you take exactly. as much calcium as you need from exactly. the foods. Now you could be on a, like an absurdly low calcium diet. True. Uh, you know, just eating like processed junk. Right, right. That could be a problem. Sure, yeah. sure. Then, and calcium is also an electrolyte. Yeah. It's going to be found in a whole lot of places. Yeah. In smaller amounts. Yeah. You know, along with potassium, sodium, magnesium, yeah. all of that. So sure. we're getting, yeah. Okay, so, you know, we keep coming back to the subject, you know, dairy, pro or con, you know, like... Uh, it depends. If you have a dairy allergy, stay away. If you have an autoimmune condition, stay away. Because it might be... Uh, it's a problem. Yeah, it might be problematic in exactly. terms of paleo considerations. True, you know, absolutely. Leaky gut, etc., etc., etc. And then there's the there, there's the issue of casomorphins. Right, with the people addictive who have, things. It's addictive. Some yeah. people who just have so much trouble giving up their cheese, it could be those casomorphins they're addicted to. It's hitting all their opioid yeah, circuitry, right. those receptors it's hitting, those casein, Well, that's why pizza is an ideal food, because it's got the casomorphines. It's not just that. It's also it, the weed and the starch. What, what's the addictive component of wheat? It's the... Uh, uh, um, it's the... Oh, it, it has to do with the gluten. Yeah. There's a word than, for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
but it, it there's a there's a wheat uh, there's a protein in the gluten that is also hitting okay. the opioids. He'll, he'll come back to us in mid in mid discussion. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's get to questions. Yeah. Uh, questions at drhoffman.net is your destination for questions. This, by the way, uh, this week we've got a big feature article in the newsletter. I suggest you check it out on PFAS chemicals, and uh, the lead has to do with uh, kale. And so somebody yeah. asked me. Well, does that mean I have to stop eating kale? And that's not the point of the article. It's just that if it's in kale, that the PFAS chemicals are ubiquitous in our diet. Yeah. And kale just happens to be representative of what's in our food supply. Yeah. And but it being the ultimate health food mm -hmm. these days, you know, like I'm eating my kale salad. Right. And uh, I'm eating my kale chips. Exactly. And I'm, you know. I eat kale every day I because a, it's a superfood. And I have a kale smoothie. Yeah. And all these things. And, yeah. you know, and that's you, a lot of if kale. If you think you're exempt from environmental pollution just because it's organic, our study showed that this is the Alliance for Natural Health, uh, of which I'm now currently president. And, you know, we did a little grassroots uh, evaluation of. Of the kale supplies, and we talk about it in the newsletter. Yeah. So, banpfast.org is the place to go if you want to be engaged in, in mm -hmm. a very important campaign. Uh, yes, you know, climate. Yes, you know, environment. But you know, we won't need to. We we can't take our eye off the ball of, uh, you know, good old fashioned pollution and uh, true the the, you know, the result. Of poor regulation of toxic chemicals. Absolutely, even organic food is tainted. Yep. I mean, we knew this back when I was an undergrad. Uh, we found uh, it was it was a topic of, of one of my term papers that there's as much as twenty five percent contamination even in organic food because it's nearby the other yep. commercial farm. Yep. It's in the air. It's, it's raining glyphosate on all of us. Right, and and it's That's, like you know when you irrigate a field. You know, you don't get like pure distilled water. Exactly. You know, using water, and water supplies are ubiquitously contaminated True. with PFAS compounds and mm -hmm. other harmful compounds. And so it's not about yeah. the decision you make in the market, you know, yes. to select an organic. You're going to mitigate your exposure, but yeah. you're not going to eliminate your exposure. Yes. Unless the regulatory agencies do something to ban the use of some of these products. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway. Yeah. We've got a question here from Karen. Is it okay to bake with flax seeds? There is a chocolate chip cookie recipe <laughs> from the website of the late Stephen Sinatra. Okay, good. Yeah. So, he, because Karen knows that you're not supposed to use flaxseed oil in mm -hmm. cooking, that's yeah. really reserved for cold uses like a salad dressing, yeah. but baking with whole flax seeds shouldn't be a problem. And this recipe, you're cooking it for about 15 minutes right. or so. And what's the oven temperature? Uh, about 350 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. So, so I did a little check on this, mm. and the flax seeds contain something valuable, in addition to the fiber, Yes. Uh, which is probably not going to be damaged, but the lignans yes. are very useful compounds mm -hmm. which seem to have a, an effect on hormonal regulation. Yeah. So that they're really great for women at risk for breast cancer, men with prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's why it's good idea to eat uh, nuts that are rich in lignans or sprinkle some flaxseed, yes. fresh flaxseed on your salad or on your dessert. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great, 
you know, has a nutty flavor. Uh, but if you cook with it, it, according to the research I looked at, 100 centigrade translates to 212 degrees Fahrenheit, yes. which is boiling temperature of water. That does not degrade the lignans very much. Yeah. But at like 200 centigrade, yeah. which I don't know what that translates to. Somebody's got to do the translation. You start to see some degradation. Right. So I guess you're going to get a little degradation from a short cooking at 350 because 350, what's the transition? Exactly. Uh, 350 is what centigrade? Uh, three, I'm going to look it up. 350. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, you're going to look it up. I, and I'm also guessing that the cooking time would have everything to do with it. It's a 15-minute cooking time. So by the time the flaxseed is... I, I would doubt that a whole flaxseed anyway. Well, you know, if guess it's what? ground, three, it may three, be a little bit 350 different. is only 177 Celsius. There we so go. So they say that the degradation does occur yeah. to some degree at 200. So eat the cookies. Eat the cookies. And, you know, Absolutely. And make sure you put a lot of sugar in the cookies, <laughs> which is probably... A little more harmful than Absolutely. the degradation this, of the lignans. Right, right. This recipe calls for honey. But again, you don't want to make a habit of cookies overall. But yeah, Karen, go ahead and enjoy this recipe. <laughs> yeah, right. Go ahead and enjoy and, this recipe. And toast to the memory of the late, great Stephen yes. Sinatra. Yes, we do miss him. Okay. We've got a question here from Amy. I recently came across some articles stating or suggesting that there is a connection between breast cancer or exacerbation of breast cancer. Can you please discuss your views on this about nicotinamide riboside? Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So this is a study yeah. that was done in a test tube and uh. you know, it shows the potential to cause uh, cells to go, breast cancer cells in culture to go metastatic. It's a preclinical study. I don't think they demonstrated even in animals. Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly haven't demonstrated it in humans. And uh, in fact, there's some studies that nicotinamide riboside actually has anti-cancer effects. Uh -huh. So, but it got mm -hmm. amplified, and it caused a kind of a poisoning of the well towards nicotinamide riboside. And and even one of the uh, conservative commentators, who whose views I think are very sensible about you know like Supreme Court decisions. And, you know, like the Hunter Biden investigation and Jonathan Turley uh -huh. picked up on this for one of his columns and said, how can the government allow this carcinogenic compound to be to be sold? Mm. And he just swallowed it hook, line and sinker, which means that he kind of was out of his remit, which is constitutional law and picked up on this headline and, you know, amplified it in, I think, an uninformed way. Yeah, uh, which is so, unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, I take nicotinamide riboside. I'm not worried about cancer mm -hmm. risk. Uh, I, you know, I think some of our patients with cancer mm -hmm. uh, may be concerned about it. You know, I guess uh, it's not a necessary thing to take. Yeah. Um, I think it has anti-aging, mm -hmm. uh, brain protective effects, uh, energy enhancing effects. Yeah. Could it be an antidote to chemo fatigue? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think because we do need NAD, and NR is the precursor to NAD. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I guess we need to look at that as kind of a caution on mm -hmm. or a yellow light. I'm not going to disregard that study, mm -hmm. but I'm not ready to conclude that it's a cancer-causing thing. Yeah. You know, that Agree. 
Yeah. So, Amy, there you go. And she's wondering, so what about in an IV? Would it be a problem? Well, that's, that's the way it's get given a lot. A lot. You know, it's given, yeah. I mean, given that's IV, but I, I'm not mm -hmm. sure you need to take it IV. And if you take it IV, is it, it's going to be very short acting. And so I think right. a preferable way to take it is orally at relatively low doses. Yeah. You know, is it, I mean, I know doctors are offering it IV. Um, and, you know, I'd have to get, I haven't seen any studies on patients with like chronic fatigue syndrome or mm -hmm. post-Lyme or long COVID yeah. to see if it's really more beneficial to take it intravenously where you get a higher blood level mm -hmm. versus just taking it orally, which yeah. is cheaper. Right, right. Okay, good points. Thank you, Amy, for that thoughtful question. We've got a question here from Carol. I'm 73 years old. I've been a wor sun worshiper until I was about 40, and then I've been using sunscreen and all of that. What do you think of astaxanthin? Okay, let's tease to that uh, for part two. Okay. Because we want to divide our podcast into two parts, as the listeners know. And uh, a reminder, we talk about supplements, uh, you know, things like astaxanthin. Mm -hmm. uh, Protocol for Light Balance is introduced in astaxanthin recently. Ah. And I believe it's available on, in Our my full script, script dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com, mm -hmm. where uh, you can rely on uh, full script for uh, vetting the products and making sure that they conform to quality standards and that their shelf life is not expired. Yes. And they offer uh, free delivery thanks to an arrangement that I've set up with them. And uh, it's timely. It's a good way to get your supplements. So go to drhoffmanstore.com to register for your Fullscript account. All right. Okay. When we return, we'll answer that question about astaxanthin. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.